0: Before we dive into this episode, I wanted to let you know about a new guide that I've put together that I reckon you are gonna love. If you've ever felt stuck for content ideas for Instagram or social media, then this is for you. I've put together 17 creative content ideas to grow your Instagram and land new clients. This strategic content approach engages your audience, grows your following, and attracts a flood of clients to your business. If you want access, you can get access for free right now, head on over to mymarketingplaybook.com forward slash creative content and you'll find everything you need to get access to that incredible new guide. All right, let's jump into the episode. Welcome to My Business Playbook, where we pull back the curtain on the steps and missteps of successful people. You'll hear a raw and unfiltered play-by-play of what's worked and what hasn't, giving you helpful advice and insights so you can create an amazing business. I'm your host, Laura Higgins, and this is My Business Playbook. Hello and welcome to My Business Playbook. It is so good to be with you today. Now, I am so excited about this conversation because I am joined by Rick Mulready, who is the host of the Art of Online Business podcast and an industry-leading expert in teaching online experts how to optimize their online business to six and seven figures Rick is incredible at simplifying Facebook and Instagram ads. He teaches thousands of online entrepreneurs all over the world to create consistent leads and sales with ads. Now, we have been a student of Rick's here at Lala La Social Club. We love his approach to advertising. One thing I really love about Rick is that he teaches you how to build a sustainable business, one that actually works for you, for your lifestyle, for your family, for really where you're trying to go in life in general, not just in your business. This is a great conversation where we don't just talk about Facebook ads. We actually talk about how to build a sustainable online business and we share some of Rick's journey in doing that. So you're going to love this conversation. Let's dive right in to my chat with Rick Mulready. Welcome to the show, Rick. It is so good to have you here today. I'm so looking forward to this conversation. I want to dive straight in and I want to understand how you have gone from being known for Facebook ads, you're an expert in Facebook ads, to actually how you've kind of broadened what you're doing and you're kind of approaching it in more a more holistic way. Can you share a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I started out as the quote unquote ads person Um, and probably about three years ago, I frankly got tired of just teaching Facebook ads and coaching Facebook ads. And, um, you know, I was, I was getting the same types of questions around why aren't my ads working or my lead magnet, my cost per lead on my lead magnet is too high. What am I doing wrong? Or how do I improve my ads campaign or what have you? And every single i mean i should say almost every single time it came back to well this person doesn't understand the fundamentals of marketing they don't understand their target audience they don't understand yeah their challenges their problems how they can uniquely solve those problems and on the flip side of that there was a whole bunch of people that i was working with who were seeing great success with their ads And now it was introducing a whole host of other problems, like our host of other challenges, I should say, like, holy cow, my business is taking off. I don't know how to scale. I don't know how to create more systems and processes. I have no idea how to grow my team. You know, I don't know how to scale my sales without and be able to support it in the process. And so I really took to loving the additional you know, business building stuff, if you will, in addition to ads. People think like, oh, Rick doesn't do ads anymore. Well, quite the contrary. I very much teach Facebook ads in our Accelerator coaching program. Um, But it's just one piece of the pie, right? Especially these days. And I think you want to talk about this a little bit later. Like, Things are changing so quickly. And, you know, ads are even, you know, we're recording this at the end of October, like even 10 months ago. Facebook ads are comp- vastly different than they than they were at that t- at that time. So so at, the more I when I started to make that shift, I decided not to like go all in and say, "Hey, I'm going to make this shift in my business." I decided to start incorporating other topics on my podcast. So, I would incorporate things about mindset. I would incorporate things about yeah. you know, how to how to start hiring, et cetera, et cetera. And I just kind of like sat back and, and just, to, just to observe what happened um, or what might happen, what kind of feedback. And there was no, you know, people were liking it. There was no negative quote unquote backlash from it. And so I just kept going on it and people were like, I love this. And frankly, it was what lit really lit me up as well. Cause like I can teach ads to anybody, Right. And it's like, I love it. It becomes, it's just very easy for me because it's how my brain works. And I've been doing, I've been in online advertising now for geez, like 20 years. So it just comes easy wow. to me, but it's all the other stuff from, you know, mindset and, you know, how do we, how do we create a business with impact? How do we increase profit? How do we work fewer hours? Like those are all things that I love helping people yeah. do. You know, and yeah, part of that is ads, but you know, to to your point before Laura, it's like that holistic um, coaching and teaching that I do now, in rather than solely Facebook ads.
0: Yeah that that makes so much sense because it seems like ads amplify what you're already doing, right, and what's already in place. So if the foundations aren't foundations around your niche and your offer and your marketing and your even your like your brand message and that whole impact piece of like what are you actually wanting to achieve if that isn't in place ads aren't going to magically kind of cover that <laughs> you know like there's the it just amplifies what's already there in a sense
1: exactly and it's kind of like well people people think that well ads are going to solve this problem over here mm. but you nailed it, Laura. It's like, well, if you don't understand your target audience very well, and you ask that question, I mean, you know this, you like, you ask that question to somebody and they're like, oh yeah, like I understand my target audience, like totally. But then when you start to really dig into it, yeah, they understand a little bit, but not fully, not enough to like truly serve them how I'm sure they're wanting to serve them, right? So it's like, all right, you well, you have to have that understanding in order to, get ads to work for you. Like anybody can go in there and start, you know, you can learn how to set things up in ads manager. You know, there's, there's, there is no one right way to set things up in ads manager because it's all about testing different things and so forth, but you can learn that the, and, and you learn it fairly quickly. The other piece of it is the real foundational deep work, if you will, that's so, few people want to do because it's not the sexy kind of work that, you know, like, oh my gosh, I have to like really think about my target customer or (laughs) get on a call like this and chat with them, you know, that sort of thing. But that's the foundation to, to having a successful business.
0: And so when you moved from, because you were really known for Facebook ads, you're really known in that niche. And so it sounds like you kind of expanded your niche maybe expanded is the wrong word, but like you kind of shifted your niche a little without telling people and kind of doing it in a more subtle way than, hey guys, I no longer do this anymore. Talk to us about like, how did that journey come about? Because I know for so many people, they're afraid of niching down and only serving a small audience or like a more um, specific audience. And then the idea of then kind of broadening that up? How did you kind of navigate that to still have the impact that you have? Because I think you've done this really, really well.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Well, I mean, to be completely honest and transparent, it wasn't easy. Like I had, you know, back then, whether I want to, you know, (laughs) to admit it or not, a lot of my identity was tied up into the quote unquote Facebook ads guy. Like, who am I if I'm not Solely focusing on Facebook ads? And will people come with me, if you will? Like, will people still want to hear from me when I'm talking about mindset, when I'm talking about building a team, when I'm talking about, um, you know, whatever, starting a podcast, whatever it might be that's outside the scope of just ads? Are people going to come with me? And I'd gotten to the point, like I mentioned before, where I was like, this is what's making me happy. Like, again, ads are still pe- still a big piece of the puzzle. And I was very careful and intentional with always reiterating that, that it's like, look, I'm still teaching ads. It's just within the broader scope of where I'm going. And yeah. so so it was scary. It was scary from the perspective of like, yeah, who am I without, you know, with this quote unquote being known for this and what's going to happen to the business as I start to to shift um so what I started to do was okay I still had my foundations ads course and which was I think I forget how much it was at the time like 497 697 or something like that but then I had my accelerator coaching program and I've had iterations of my, that coaching program. So that's my higher level coaching program. I've had iterations of that for years now. i um, have done three months, six months, um, 12 months, back to six months. And then for the past few years, it's been 12 months. And the reason I bring that up is because that at the time, that was a $20,000 program, a 12-month program for higher level, quote-unquote, course creators and coaches. And so it was this jump from a 497 ads course to this $20,000 program and it was i was like wait that's kind of that's a really weird <laughs> that's really kind of hard to bridge <laughs> you know and yeah. so it was part of it was you know i need to kind of let that the foundations program go as yeah. because i was holding on to it because of that identity i tied up into being the quote unquote ads guy so what I decided to do is like, you know what? I'm going to wrap it up into my programs. I created a new program called Offer to Optimized, which um, when this, this episode comes out, I am no longer selling, um, but I created it to serve those earlier, quote unquote, um, course, course creators and coaches who were yeah. trying to get traction in their business. And then I put foundations in that program just like it's in my accelerator coaching program. Um, so yeah, I just did it incrementally. I didn't want to like, cause I really wasn't sure of how this yeah. was going to go. And frankly, for a solid year and a half to two years, my, I didn't change my website. I didn't change any of my copy or messaging or anything like that. It was pretty much the same. And then when things were like, oh, okay, like this is going really well. I, you know, people, the people that only want ads and nothing else are going to drop off and the people that I want to bring into my world and quote unquote, and to attract they're coming in. And so I'm like, all right, that's happening. This is a good thing. And so it wasn't until almost actually a year ago. Now, the, um, I think last fall, late summer, early fall of 2020, that's when I redid the branding. That's when I redid the messaging and the copy And it was very late in the game.
0: And it's so funny, isn't it, Rick? Because we want to do the the outward facing stuff first. Like we want to make it look good. We want to change the website. We want to change the branding. We want to do all of that. And I think as creatives like myself included in this, I opt for how is it going to look first before actually sometimes testing. Do people even want this? (laughs) Like my husband will laugh at me and he's like, Laura, you have – mapped out exactly how you want this new program or this new offer to look. You've designed the website, but you haven't asked a single person if they want it. And it's like, we just, we can get on this thing of, it needs to be like really glossy. It needs to be perfect. It needs to be kind of really sorted before we even iterate the idea and and kind of get some feedback on the idea. So I, I think it, it makes a lot of sense doing it more gradually It's probably something that we don't heaps want to do, (laughs) but it makes sense.
1: And you don't need, I mean, you bring up a great point, Laura, you don't need, I mean, we all want to focus on like the fun stuff, like the new, like the website (laughs) or, you know, the artwork or whatever, you know, whatever it is. And it's like, it is not important until you get to a certain point in your business, then it becomes more important. Like I had the crappiest website literally up until (laughs) last year when my current website went up. And, and that was, you know, I'm going to be hitting, um, eight years in January, 2022. So six and a half years into a business, (laughs) seven figure business. I had the worst websites in the world. They were terrible. It's just not what's important. Right now if you're a speaker, if you uh, like, you know, it, it does depend on what your specific, what your specific niche is. You don't like, don't spend the time there. Like you, you nailed it and your husband was spot on, like
0: go (laughs) sell
1: your stuff. Right. That's what's most
0: important. And even, um, one thing we've started doing is if I'm not sure if something's working, I just send people who are interested in it or who've done maybe like a beta version of it. I just send them an Instagram message and say, hey, are you all good if I just ask you a couple of questions on voice message and you let me know what you think? And the things that people say unconsciously when they're speaking, as opposed to typing, that in itself has been a game changer because it's like you pick up on these little threads of their tone, of the words that they use and you can hear them kind of thinking and you don't get that in, hey, can you write me a testimonial or fill out this feedback survey? So it's nice talking and I think we spend so much more time thinking about how it's going to look and how it's going to feel and what we're going to call it and, you know, who's going to write the copy and all that stuff. But actually the conversations with your ideal people that makes everything you do have way more impact and the messaging has more cut through because it's it's like, these are the words they used. It's I'm not using my words. I'm using their words and their um, kind of their thought process. You can kind of hear a bit more of that.
1: Whether they buy from you or not, they are fans for life, whether they're yeah, you know, so paying true. customers or not, because you took the time to reach out to them and ask for their opinion. Like it… It is so rare, unfortunately, in this day and age, especially that, you know, online business owners actually take the time to allow their quote unquote perfect people for their business to feel heard. And so like doing something as simple as exactly. I love what you just mentioned there, Laura, is like that, that they're going to be a fan for life. Like they will, even if they don't buy from you, they they will tell people of the effort that you made and like hey Laura reach out to me ask me these questions listen to me and is actually going to be taking my thoughts and what my feedback into the creation of whatever it might be
0: yeah it's so it's such a um I love the voice message thing because it's also not as much effort as having a phone call and like I do have phone calls with with past students and past clients but there is something nice about it being like hey it's just record what you're thinking and I can play it back and write notes as you're talking. So it, it's quite an easy, cheap way to just kind of get some, like, I guess, qualitative feedback as well. And we
1: started, we started using Video Ask um, to send like personalized videos. And cool. Video Ask is great because you can do this super simple personalized video And then they can respond either with another video, like right back to you with video, audio, or a written message right there. And it's a super simple way to personalize um, this kind of outreach. Again, if somebody, just like like if they get a voice message from you, if they get a video from you, it can literally be 30 seconds, but that means the world to them.
0: Yes. And, in the online space, and and because you've worked for so long in with course creators and people doing launches and people doing, you know, spending loads on Facebook ads, where do you kind of see because it seems like and, and you can you're the expert on this, so you can tell me if I'm wrong about this, but it seems like there's this kind of idea that, oh, well, if if someone runs ads on Facebook, it's not as personalized or if they spend all this money on a, on a big launch, it's not going to be as authentic or have as much integrity. There's kind of this idea of people. And one thing that frustrates me is when people are like, these are the promises of what you're going to get in my course. This is what you're going to get in my program. And then there's not as much integrity or follow through on the promises, I guess. Where do you kind of see, and does that kind of make ring true for you and where do you kind of see advertising going in the future given this people are a little more cynical
1: yeah so I think I look at that as kind of like three different topics within that like the, the whole. <laughs> sorry that was a long question. <laughs> no no these are great these are these are great things to be to be thinking through as a business owner I mean from I don't really personally I don't really equate you know, running ads for launch, for example, and having that be, um, you know, disingenuous from the perspective of like delivering mm-hmm. on the promise or what have you, I think that just to speak to that point for a second, I think that what m- so many people, and I did this for years is that if we bring somebody into our launch, for example, through with an ad there, it's completely cold traffic. They don't know who we are. Um, they they're probably like it's going to be very difficult for them to purchase from you depending on what the yeah. price is right um i had one of my one of my students the other day mention like they sold two of their 1300 dollar offers on, from completely cold traffic and i like stopped her and i was like do you, like i want to make sure that you recognize what you just said you took somebody they spent whatever a very short amount of time with you and they took out their credit card and gave you thirteen hundred dollars like that is amazing like when you think about it from that perspective right and so where i'm going with this is like so many people who are running cold traffic for their for their launches if they don't purchase during that launch they think they have a complete breakdown about it and it's like, oh, I spent all this money, and to get the to acquire these leads, but then they didn't purchase. Well, we have to remember that there's a journey involved, right? It's probably going to take yes. some time to build a relationship with them and and gain trust, et cetera. So they might not buy now, and th- it is hard to like you got to balance cash flow and stuff like that. But they might not buy from you now. Maybe they buy from you next time, or in three months from now, or six months from now, or a year from now. So that yeah. we have to be playing the long game, and so many too many people are are tied to the short game of when it comes to ads and when it comes to bring new people into our business into our launch. um, Example for for example, yes. to address the like overpromising, yeah, it's it's the people who love marketing, right? <laughs> and it's like they're like they're all about the marketing, they're all about the sale, but yet when they make the sale, the fulfillment goes out the window. Right. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, you know, we're, uh, you're going to, I'll get you, whatever. You're going to get coaching. Let's just say there's a Facebook group and then you never see the person. Right. You're in the program. somebody's but, but the person's never there. Um, yeah. you know, I, it's I'm all about it. integrity is our number one value for yes. myself and our business. And, you have to deli- If you say something, if you're say that you're going to do X, Y, or Z, or you're promising whatever it might be, you got to deliver on that. Like that is, just frankly, the right that's just flat out the right thing to do. Yeah. Um. But unfortunately, so many people are doing the opposite. The good thing, and this leads into that, to the third question. And you, you, you nailed it, Laura. You said people are skeptical, um, now, mm. and they're smarter from. The online business perspective, people are on to this whole game of overpromising and not delivering, and there, that word is like word is traveling really quickly. I we've seen that a lot over the past year, just just sort of in this in the online space in general. Um, conversations happen across the board, and that it's just not a sustainable business model. And the people who are doing that are just not, the business isn't going to be around for very long. And I think that this is going to sound terrible, but I think that's a good thing from the perspective of, look, like we need to, we need to show up and serve our, like if people have shelled out money to work with us, whatever the promise was that we made, we need to deliver on that. Yes. And if we're not doing that, that's a big problem.
0: It makes so much sense. And I think now with, And I want to talk with you a little bit about the current state of ads with, you know, everything, all the changes that have happened this year with Apple and all those things. Is there, like, what do you think is the current state of Facebook ads and is there – because the sustainability thing is so important and and this is one thing that I teach a lot of our students is like, hey, if Instagram is your only marketing channel – that is not sustainable. It's a part of it. Like you were saying, Facebook ads are a part of what you do. And Instagram is a part of what we do, but it's not your whole thing. And we need to be like, we cannot have all our eggs in that basket. And the sustainability thing is so important because it's gone are the days where you can, it's it's that quick win kind of mentality. I think it is that long game. And How long do you want to be in this business for, and how long do you want to have connection with your audience for? All these questions, but when it comes to ads, what do you see currently happening?
1: Well, like I mentioned earlier, I mean, the uh, from a Facebook and Instagram ads landscape, it's completely different. You know, the whole iOS fourteen point five just through it, it it had a bigger (laughs) impact than anybody thought that it might, and for the first. I would say a couple months, the adoption rate of upgrading to 14.5 was was fairly slow. So it didn't have as big of, of an effect at first because of that slow adoption. And so people were like, oh, maybe this isn't as big a deal. Well, then people started to upgrade and then we're like, holy cow, this is way bigger than anybody thought. Um, thought yeah. Like conceivably, even like, and I have nothing like, I'm not talking to anybody at Facebook or I know this, this is just my observation. Facebook is scrambling to figure this out. I mean, and I, I, some people are like, well, of course they are Rick. Well, they just didn't know what, what this was going to do. And they, to my knowledge, they haven't figured out any kind of solution for this. They have to though, because it is the, it's their business right yeah it is like what 99 percent of their of their revenue is ad revenue and it's massive and um you know when recording this their earnings just came out the other day and they they rose which surp- which surprised a lot of you know surprise wall street and the markets and so forth and so the fact of the matter is facebook isn't going anywhere they know they have to change with all of the things that they've been doing over the past you know year and a half two years now that is not good. So where are where is advertising right now? I absolutely people are still we're still advertising on Facebook. It looks very different than it used to. I recommend just as an example, like we cannot rely on just Facebook's numbers. We have to what I'd recommend people do is whatever you know funnel software they're using, whether whatever Kajabi, 10x Pro, uh, Click yeah. funnel, whatever they're using, have a separate funnel just for ads, so that they can compare, um, you know, organic to a separate funnel, ads to a separate funnel, and they can look at the stats from that ads funnel and compare it to what they're seeing in Ads Manager. The other thing too is that creative, especially here in 2021, has never been more important. The reason yeah. is because the algorithm isn't collecting as much data as it used to on Facebook. And so the broader audiences, so we're talking like, you know, let's just, let's, let's target men and women between whatever, 28 and 55 in the U S or in Australia and that's it. Right. And then it's our, (laughs) then it's our, then it's our ad creative. And so we're, we're using the ad creative to try to, to, and obviously Facebook's, um all the data and knowledge that it has in the algorithm to go find the people that we want to be attracting. And so that's where the importance yeah. of creative comes in. And when we say creative, it goes back to what we we're talking about earlier messaging, knowing your target customer, your copy, speaking directly to them, that sort of thing. And so 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 Facebook in, you know, from an ads perspective and Instagram it's not going away, but we have to be willing to be patient um, yes. and learn how to adapt to what's going on. The totally. the other the other thing with it, using ads for launches, how we have done traditionally, is is gone. Right, we used to start ads nine to ten days prior to a launch. Registration ads for whatever we're doing. And that's the way that we did it. Right. And we get all our leads yeah. from it. It takes 10 days now for the algorithm to even start to gain momentum because if we start our ads, you know, let's just say on November 1st, that's a Monday, you've got to give, it used to be like three to five days. Well, there's a three day delay in the data coming into ads manager. And we really can't even trust that data all that well. So you have to give it you know 7 10 14 days now before you start to optimize well that's your whole launch period right and wow. so just your just your ad strategy has to change if you are doing if you're doing launches in in your business um, the other thing with everything that's gone on is it's brought up the importance of and this is nothing new but yet to your point Laura about your but your student was like only on Instagram the need to diversify our traffic. You know, we have to be on different platforms. We have to be, if we're doing paid ads, yeah, continue doing on Instagram and Facebook. But what about YouTube ads? Do Google ads make sense? I just did an episode on on my show, I think it was just, just last week, saying, talking about why Facebook ads may not be the best option for you, depending on what your business is, right? Depending on what niche you're in, maybe YouTube ads are where you should be focusing your time. And it's just really understanding the landscape of where where is the attention and how do I make sure that I am there in front of the people I'm trying to attract.
0: Oh, that makes so, so much sense. And I think, yeah, definitely the idea of diversifying is so important. And, you know, when Instagram and anyone who listens to our podcast knows that when Instagram, Instagram shut down a couple of weeks ago and it just kind of went, it was like, no, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I'm just going to take a couple of hours off. That is terrifying. If you don't have an email list, if you don't have other sources of traffic, other sources, like other ways to connect with your audience. And for anyone listening who is like, oh crap, my audience is only on Instagram it's okay. You can start to move them into your email list. You can start to actually move those people and still obviously connect there, but moving them to somewhere where it's an audience that you own. So it's really, I'm, I totally agree with you on making, I think anytime it's kind of like in life in general, everything in moderation, like anytime we put everything in Facebook ads or everything in Instagram or everything in, you know, clubhouse or whatever, what was, is clubhouse still a thing?
1: It's funny you bring that up. I was just having a a coaching call with one of my members yesterday and clubhouse came up and he was talking about it, how, how like valuable it was for his business. And I was like, is clubhouse still a thing? (laughs) And he was talking about it from the perspective of last year. And he's like, it did barely even exist. Like I haven't, I haven't been on there in forever, but, but his point was, Hey, I get in while the getting was good. And now he's like he's. I think he he compared it to uh, Periscope, where it was right, like it had yes. a day, It was short lived, and boom.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of funny, and I kind of feel like unless Instagram or like unless Facebook buy it, it kind of aside from TikTok, really. But it kind of feels like it fizzles, whatever. Like I don't know. It's it's so funny, but like the idea of if you put all of your eggs in the clubhouse basket, you'd be out there talking to no one on your little voice message thing <laughs> <laughs> right exactly
1: you have to you know um my my buddy actually who James Remco who I was telling you about earlier who lives in Australia he calls yes. it owning the race course and it's just is exactly what we're talking about here it's just it's you have to own as you can't be reliant your business can't be built on other people's platforms. You have to have an email list. You know, even with this podcast here, yeah, it's being broadcast on, you know, Apple Podcasts and Spotify and stuff like that, other platforms. However, you own your audio. You own the video of this podcast, yes. right? And so it's not, yeah, the, the, the distribution is, is on other platforms, but you own the content. Whereas to your point- yeah. Facebook and Instagram went down. If you built your business on that and it goes down for any period of time, you're kind of screwed, right? Absolutely. Um, And the last thing I'll say that, no, I can can talk about this forever. What I did not (laughs) mention, and you just brought up, Laura, was TikTok. TikTok is super, super interesting, you know, and everything I'm reading now is saying 2022 TikTok is going to surpass Facebook as the biggest social media platform. And so- Talking about ads, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how TikTok protects the experience on the platform w- from an ads perspective. Because my right. understanding is that their approval process is quite extensive, which I I think is a great idea because they're trying they're trying to avoid the mistakes that other platforms have made. And you've got to, you know, completely protect the user experience because so many people are either on there or coming to TikTok. I mean, I scroll through the feed and I see an ad and people are doing such a good job with the, you know, nativeness, if you will, of the ads on TikTok. Like I have to like look for the like the little sponsored button. I was like, wait, is this an ad? Oh, it's an ad because they're so good. And I think that that's, you know, very, number one, very smart. Number two, very intentional on TikTok's part of, you know, going through the qualification process, if you will, to get approved and then approving certain creative and stuff like that. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with TikTok in the next 12 months.
0: And are you on TikTok?
1: <laughs> well, I have an account. <laughs> um, I, I, have a, I have a lot I of students like who are I we have an me, account. Yeah. <laughs> I've not made one yet. I do need to. I have students telling me who like have massive success on. They're like, they're like, you've got to get on there and start doing it. And uh, I just have not done. It's not, I'm getting my YouTube channel going first, which we're literally starting, depending on when this comes out, it might be, it might be um, already flying, but that's sort of the first. And then yeah, TikTok's in there.
0: (laughs) Uh, Do you do TikTok? No, I don't. I mean, I think we have one. And I think um, Nate kind of posts some of our reels. He'll kind Mm -hmm. of try to post them on there and see what happens. But he did show me some of the stats. He's like, look at all these views on this one. So, I'm I'm like, okay, I don't know. Another (laughs) platform. I know. And that's my thing. I'm like, oh, I, I kind of, once I see someone else, in like my industry, doing it and doing it in a way that I feel like, oh, cool, that's actually really good. I could do it like that. Um, until then, I'm like, I don't know. I don't really want to dance or um, we'll do see, outfit changes or stuff like
1: that. Well, yeah. And that's the thing that I am the same way. Like, I don't, I'm don't, i not going to get down there and dance or point to the different areas on the screen yeah. or what have you. And one of our accelerator members has like 600,000 followers on wow. tiktok and she's in she teaches uh nurses how to pass the nurse that it's called the nclex the nursing exam and then also ha- helps them in their first year of nursing and so her her advice to us because i had her present to our group um a couple weeks ago is if yeah you don't have to dance you don't have to do i mean if you want to do the trends and stuff like that go for it but people just want you to be genuine people just want you to like even if it's like talking to your phone, talking to the camera, connect with people. Be yourself and connect. And so yeah. that's what I keep telling myself. I'm like, all right, if I'm going to do this, that's the approach I'm going to take, but yes. I'm also going to have, I mean, people are on there to have fun. So, like totally. you, you want to bring the fun, you know, your funness if you
0: will onto yeah. <laughs> to your videos. And <laughs> pop your fun. It's exactly. yeah, it is funny. The reels that do well for me are the are the more ones as opposed to the educational ones, so yeah, I'm kind of embracing embracing that.
1: Um. And even even with that, Laura's like, the feel of Instagram Reels is very different. I just exactly what you're describing. Yeah. Instagram Reels for like the online marketing space, if you will, is more of that like seriousness. Whereas yes. that's not TikTok. Is not that TikTok is like more fun and. Like, how can you communicate what you do and how you help people and help people in an entertaining way? Whereas, yes. yeah, people are still trying to do that over on, on Instagram Reels, but it it just feels a little bit, I don't know. The way for, the way I look at it is like almost feel like a little bit heavier on Instagram Reels yeah, and lighter on TikTok. Yeah,
0: Yes. And that's so true. It's like having a clear strategy for each of the channels and the way you show up is... It makes a lot of sense. You don't want to go on TikTok and and do something that's like, yeah, very serious or too heavy on the educational content as well because that would kind of stick out and it would be like, what is this old person doing on TikTok?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, Well, Rick, I just wanted to say thank you so much for joining us. And one thing I love about your business and how you approach online business is that you have so much integrity. You really approach the way you approach marketing, the way you approach advertising, you've really got something quite unique. And I think I just really admire your, the way you've gone from being known for one particular thing to being actually helping people in a really holistic way and one thing I love about your approach is that you're helping people to have a better life and to have more time with their families and all of these things that I think it's so authentic and I just really admire the way that you have done your business journey. So
1: I appreciate that. Thank I mean, it's you like, so much. It's like, why are we doing what we're doing if we're not trying to have a bigger impact, right? Yeah. And people crave authenticity. So the more that you can show up as your authentic self and like truly care about people you're, you're going to be, I mean, you're going to be more successful for yourself, but also for the people that you're trying to serve. So thank you for saying all that. I appreciate that.
0: Well, you are incredible and I will pop some links in our show notes so that people can follow you, can check out all the things that you're doing because I know that so many people listening will love what you're putting out there and make sure you listen to the Art of Online Business podcast. It is incredible. Rick has some really amazing guests and some great, I like your, I like your quick episodes, the- um, The quick the tips. They're like little quick tips. Yes, I yeah. like those ones. They're good.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I started those episodes with the thought that they're going to be like five to ten minute episodes, and they've kind of gone out to like fifteen to twenty minute. But yeah, I I get that feedback a lot. People like the shorter, like right to the point um, episodes, and that's just another example of like, look, test things in your business and see what people like. And if they don't like it, they'll let you know. If they do, they'll let you know they do. So, (laughs) so thank you again for having me on the show. I really appreciate it.
0: Thanks heaps, Rick. Well, there you have it. That is the play-by-play for this week. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Rick Mulready. Make sure you head on over to our show notes to check out Rick's Instagram, his website, and all the cool stuff that he is doing. As always, today's music is by my dear friend Jake Scott. You can find him on Apple Music and Spotify. Now I hope that you have a wonderful week, and I will see you back here, same time, same place. In the meantime, go get them.